What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, what a week. We got off the podcast on Monday. Almost immediately, it became rapid fire news that has not stopped right up until this morning with plenty of quarterback talk their first round of cuts in the offseason and uh the return of a pretty big name coach that i think some are surprised to see come back to the coaching staff in 2024 you're down in virginia i'm here in the the good old berg it's a little cold out there but it's still a good day here in uh in february i will say for those keeping up who knew that i was driving back from scranton on Monday, I landed, I came back to Pittsburgh, got here about three o'clock in the afternoon, talked to my mom about three thirty in the afternoon. She goes, yeah, there's about four to six inches of snow on the ground. Very thankful I didn't have to drive back in that. So shout out to the city of Pittsburgh for never getting snow. How you feeling? How's Virginia? And uh, are you excited to come back? I'm excited to come back. Uh, I mean, our trip down to Durham a couple of weeks ago, that one we had to drive through a ton of snow. Doesn't seem like we'll have the same problem getting back from Virginia, but Virginia has been very kind to us. We got to watch a huge win for the Pitt Panthers down here in, in Charlottesville. And uh, we enjoyed the, we enjoyed the town a little bit as well. This is a, a lovely place. So uh, I, I'm all about Virginia. I think, you know, we should come down here every year, quite honestly. Yeah. A little, a little trip to, uh, to good old Virginia. It would be good. Did uh, Pitt, Pitt walked away winners last night, I believe. Correct. Yes, they did. 11 points over Virginia. They snapped uh, the longest home winning streak in the country. Gotta love that. Historic night for the Panthers. Always uh, good to see the Pittsburgh Steelers in the meantime, holding it down here in Pitt, having a good time in the Berg, and uh, seemingly really loving a quarterback that I don't think fans are going to want to talk about, but we'll dive into it. Let's start with the first round of cuts that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made this offseason. They're the first team to make any cuts in the offseason. They get rid of Mitch Trubisky, Chooks Okorafor, and Presley Harvin, saves them just over $12 million. I believe the number is $12.65 million in salary cap space. There's still about $4 million over the cap number. Easy to get down. We expect more, more releases to come, more cuts to come. But you look at these first four, what was the message that you saw? What was the message that you believe the Pittsburgh Steelers sent? Yeah, I mean, none of these cuts in particular are very surprising. I mean, Mitch Trubisky felt like he was on his way out ever since he got benched for Kenny Pickett, quite honestly, last year. True Shakur for kind of the same thing uh, when he got replaced by Broderick Jones and then Presley Harvin. Um, you know, it felt like they were never going to get rid of him, but, you know, yeah, it makes nah. that all makes sense. Um, yeah, this is, like I said, none of this is particularly surprising, but I think the timing of it is. Um, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, not really an organization, I think, I think of, or at least in my experience, it has been this kind of this level of like decisive and quick with their movements, and you know, uh, kind of, you know, uh, just really decisive about about moves like these. You know, like it feels like they have at certain times dragged things out a little bit, but this I think reflects a very clear vision of what they want for the future. Um, and and I mean, these were these were obvious moves, but they made them quickly and, and they wanted to move on to bigger and better things. Uh, so they need to know what kind of cash space they're dealing with. And, and these are a bunch of big moves that clear up a, a ton of space for them moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I think that I took it away as they're moving fast. They have a detailed plan, which I think is awesome. You know, in years past, you look at it and you go, 
uh, the Steelers, like they have, they understand where they are and where they'd like to be, but they're going to play it slow. They're going to take everything a step at a time. It kind of feels like Omar Khan has this laid out and says, look, this is how we're going to get to where we need to be. And this is step one. We're going to make step one immediately. There's no holding back. Then we'll go to step two. Then we'll go to step three. It just feels like they know exactly where they want to be at the end of the offseason and how they have to get there. And the urgency is there, which I think is cool. This is not the same approach that the Steelers have taken in the past. And I think immediately you start to look at that and say, that is, I don't know, that's 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 good news for the Steelers. It's good news for those sitting around wondering how this offseason is going to go and worrying about, I mean, on Monday we talked about, ah, this is going to be boring. They're going to go back to their old ways. Immediately the mindset switches and you go, all right, well, look at this team, you know, they know what they would like to accomplish and they're starting to move towards that goal, which is very different. And I think the the plan is there. On the other side of that, Eddie Faulkner returns as running backs coach. Uh, he gets an extension. There was, you know, talk obviously earlier in the offseason about, oh, is it going to be awkward having a new offensive coordinator with your old play caller? Eddie Faulkner is a dude that has been around for five years now who's I mean, this guy makes this guy makes headlines all all training camp and OTAs because all you're doing is filming the wild things that he's putting his running backs through. He's had production in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Are you surprised that he's coming back? You think there's any form of awkwardness that the Steelers have to worry about? I don't think so, really. I don't think that's a problem at all. Um, I really don't think you have to worry about kind of Eddie Faulkner being. I like looking over Arthur Smith's shoulder. I, I just yeah. don't, I think this is a professional environment. That's not something that you really need to worry about at all. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a well-deserved extension and I think it, it could work out for Eddie Faulkner as well. He's shown, uh, he's shown a little bit of something as an offensive coordinator. He's developed two really superstar, not su- superstar, but star running backs, uh, in Pittsburgh. And, yeah. uh, when you think about what the Steelers were able to do towards the end of the year last year with him as the offensive coordinator, it was the running game that really stood out the most in their improvements and their gains in that way. Um, so, uh, well-deserved. And I think this, this will end up working out for Eddie Faulkner too, because he can kind of can, uh, can be comfortable in this job, but he's shown what he can do as an offensive coordinator. And so, you know, he can use that as kind of a resume builder moving forward, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I look at the situation and go, Faulkner's a guy that wants an OC job. He's not going to step on any toes. He's not coming in here to make things weird. I look at it the same way you do. He is deserved. It would be, I think it'd be more awkward to try and replace him with another running backs coach when he has such a strong connection and relationship with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I mean, both of those guys pushed for him to remain the offensive coordinator at the end of the season. I think that you want him to be around. I don't think that you're going to get a better running backs coach in the open market, the coaching market anywhere. You got to look at it and say, we need the best coaching staff available. This is the best coach that we can get at that position. I think it's a good move. Don't expect any awkwardness. I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers coaching staff as a whole right now where we stand is very impressive. You know, it's definitely a lot more impressive than it's been in years past. And there's some, some very young and up, up and comers on this roster. And I think that's great for, you know, Arthur Smith and all these players and really everybody to just say, Hey, look, we're going to take a lot of shots. And Eddie Faulkner is a guy that in a couple of years, the NFL views as a potential offensive coordinator candidate. We might as well keep him on our staff. It's good to, have him on our staff and dude, the guy had two 400 yard games, which is two more than Matt Canada had in nearly three seasons. 
that's the that's a guy that you want around on your coaching staff just to help with uh with game plans yeah absolutely uh it's uh, i mean this is guy this guy clearly has some insights that's worth that is worth sharing um and, yes. and worth keeping around so i think to that extent extent Steelers are pretty lucky too that this guy didn't get snatched up to be a pass game coordinator or a run game coordinator or something like that too. So uh, a pretty yeah. fortunate break for the Steelers as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to a quarterback nobody wants to talk about anymore, but everybody needs to talk about a quarterback that every time we mention this guy's name, we get a pretty good chunk of hate. And I got to say, it makes just too much sense to not keep talking about him because, I mean, seemingly it's heating up and it kind of feels like, this guy is just becoming more and more of a favorite to land in Pittsburgh and currently is the odds on favorite to land in Pittsburgh, which is just wild to me how high that bar has climbed in a matter of 48 hours. But it seems like things are really ramping up, like the expectation is certainly growing and that the Pittsburgh Steelers will land Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields this offseason. Just to run through what has happened in the last two days here when it comes to the Steelers quarterback situation. Justin Fields has moved to the odds-on favorite on DraftKings to be the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback in 2024. The Steelers have a higher percentage or higher odds of landing Justin Fields than Chicago does currently, which is massive. Mike T is reportedly, according to Adam Schefter, a big fan of Justin Fields. Pro Football Focus says that, and I don't remember who on Pro Football Focus, but I know it's a big name, and I think it's Spielberg, so I apologize that I don't have that one ready. Says that there are also names within the front office that are also big fans of Justin Fields. That's everybody making decisions at this point. On top of that, Benjamin Albright over in KOA Denver says that he expects Pittsburgh to be one of three teams that make a phone call for Justin Fields this offseason. And then just to top it all off, Pro Football Focus tosses a trade out there that for anybody sitting around saying, uh, do not draft this guy or do not go get this guy. You're not going to spend this much capital. I can't believe you'd give up a first round pick, blah, blah, blah. Their their trade is a second round pick and a fifth round pick next year for Justin Fields, who not only has this year left on his contract, but also has a fifth year option in 2025. So you technically have two years to decide whether or not you are going to ink this guy to a major deal moving forward. I mean, it is heating up, and it is heating up in a big way. What has your reactions been over the last 24, 48 hours as Justin Fields to Pittsburgh just continues to uh, to snowball? Yeah, my, I mean, my reaction is, uh, so there's finally smoke, you know? Like, yes. this was always just kind of an idea, you know? This wasn't ever really anything that concrete that, that we were talking about. It was a suggestion. It was an idea. It was something to get us through the offseason. Um, but now it's real, man. Like, this is... All, all this stuff would not be coming out if there was an actual real interest between the, the Steelers and, and Justin Fields. Um, so, yes, it's exciting. Uh, it is a really... I, it's It's just exciting, I think. I mean, this is like... This is flashy. This is kind of a sexy move. Um, and, and just, you know, you have to wait and see if they're actually going to pull the trigger or anything um, because it really, you know, rumors of of planned trades or conversations don't really matter unless they result in anything. But I'm yes. excited by this. Um, it's probably the most, I mean, it's just, it's a fascinating, like how high are the Steelers willing to go for it? You know, is that is that second rounder and a fifth rounder? Is that like how real of a price tag is that? Because, 
I think the other thing is no one can kind of seem to agree on how good Justin Fields actually is or how high his ceiling really is. Uh, And that makes, I think, putting together a package for him somewhat difficult. But uh, a second and a fifth round pick, I mean, that's that's something you have to have to leap for. Right. Like that's way too that's not expensive at all in my head for a guy who has a chance to be a first round a, a, a franchise quarterback. I agree. I agree. You, uh, you, you just look around, like you look at the other options and you say, I mean, you could break it down for every one of them. Even before you talk about the trade, you go Ryan Tannehill. We talked about it yesterday when we were on the bleacher report app, $4.9 million is his market value. You're only paying $3.25 million for Justin Fields this season. Immediately beats him. Sounds good. Um, ESPN's first mock draft for Field Yates just came out this morning. They're saying Bo Nix in the first round. Sorry, but if I'm using a first-round pick on a quarterback, it's not going to be the guy that everybody's comparing to Kenny Pickett. That just doesn't make any sense at all. So you might as well just spend the money for Justin Fields. So immediately when you talk trade compensation, I'm, if you're going to waste a first-round pick on a quarterback, it might as well be a guy who has experience in the NFL and that people want on his football team. I mean, that's the part of this that blows my mind a little bit, is that there are so many people who are Pittsburgh Steelers fans who do not want Justin Fields, who are just saying, and so many people who cover the Pittsburgh Steelers who are just like, why would they want Justin Fields? Justin Fields is unproven. You're taking a shot on a guy who hasn't panned out and blah, 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 blah. He played 13 games last season. He had the best season of his career, which is a step forward. It means that he is improving. It means that there are is still potential left for him to go and reach. On top of that, Last year was the first year he had a wide receiver, which everybody says, ah, what, that's not an argument, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. Let's just talk about what Chicago sees. I talk to Chicago fans constantly. I don't know how I find myself in these situations, but over the last several months, I have I, talked to... I uh, mean, you you are constantly talking about Justin Fields, so I think I know why that you are constantly yeah, right, getting so they're coming to me. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. They are, they're always coming to me. They're always coming to me, too. So that would... Maybe it is. Maybe we got a large fan base. Shout out, Chicago. Hope you guys are doing well. Go eat some deep dish pizza. Always talking to Chicago fans about how they do not want the, the Bears to give up Justin Fields. How they're like, I would take Justin Fields and Marvin Harrison over Caleb Williams with the first pick. So those in Chicago realize what they have at quarterback. Like they realize how good Justin Fields could be if you put a team around him. They also acknowledge that they don't have a team around him and that they need a team around him. And I think that those watch, like if you watch every Steelers game, how many times have you really dove into are the Chicago Bears good? Is Justin Fields that good? Or are you just taking a guess and saying, well, you know, he hasn't had insane numbers. So why would we take a shot on a guy like that? And then you have, I mean, I was seeing arguments the other day that was like, well, Ryan Tannehill has had a successful season in the NFL. We're going off of one successful season. If we could, if we could break, Justin Fields has played three years in the NFL, <clears throat> three years in the NFL. In those three years in the NFL, he has not had a full season of, oh my God, this guy is ridiculous. But he's definitely had a couple of games here and there where you're like, this dude is a stud and he's got plenty of potential. Let's just go through the Steelers' other options here over the last three seasons. Ryan Tannehill has had one really good season in those three seasons. The other two did depleted enough to where he got benched. Mason Rudolph, who is seemingly the top option here, has had four good games in those three seasons. Four. Besides that, hasn't even touched a field. 
hasn't even been on a football field for more than four games. Has put together four impressive games. Just saying the body of work is not like, and you're going to pay him more. I think that's the craziest part about this is you're going to pay more for Mason Rudolph than you are Justin Fields. That doesn't make any sense to me. And then you're going to talk about Bo Nix in the first round. If I'm giving up a first round pick, it is not for anybody in the first round, especially at pick 20, because what you're going to get is Kenny Pickett. And Jacoby Brissett backup doesn't have four crazy games. I mean, you could keep good. Desmond Ritter has three, has three really good games. Three of them doesn't even have four has three of them. And then Kenny Pickett, who's had a couple, but sorry, doesn't, doesn't move the needle for me. And I think the Steelers kind of agree with us. Just uh, if you're looking at all the options, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And I think Justin Fields hits on a couple on like a few good, you know, a good has a few good criteria that I think set him apart. Because yes. I don't think any other those other options have the same combination of he's got high upside, he's got talent, he's young. Uh, you can keep him under control for a little bit, uh, and yep. he's affordable for a while. Yep. Um, like Kirk Cousins is too expensive. Ryan Tannehill doesn't move the needle. Kenny Pickett doesn't move the needle. Russell Wilson's too expensive. Uh, I like and Mason Rudolph. I think you worry about the the age and the ability and the cost a little bit as well, and the and the upside there. Like Justin Fields, I think is exceptional in enough ways to make it worth this investment and worth worth this risk. And I mean, that's the other thing. I think people are so worried about the risk of, you know, burning a, a draft pick in such an important draft on a player like yep. this. Uh, but it, in my mind, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but this team is theoretically, uh, and at least I think in their view, not that far away from being one of the elites, a Super Bowl contender, a team that, uh, can compete with a the Ravens, the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Bills, pe- uh, teams like that. Uh, and they're really – I think they feel like they're a quarterback away. And so I feel like in that sense you have to take a swing uh, on this. And I don't know, just the risk versus the potential reward to me is so worth it. And I just don't – I don't understand playing scared like that and saying, well, thinking more about how – it seems like we're thinking more about how fields could fail in Pittsburgh – Versus yes. with these other quarterbacks, we're thinking about, oh, how could we possibly get the most out of Ryan Tannehill? How could we possibly <laughs> yes. get the most out of Kenny Pickett? And we're not – we're thinking about how we could get the least out of Justin Fields, and it just feels like backwards thinking to me. Exactly. That is exactly it. Everybody's coming up with all the negatives when it comes to Justin Fields and, oh, well, what you have to give up to do this. All right, let's think about the Mason Rudolph situation. Mason Rudolph doesn't work out. You just paid him $15 million for a season. You are now $15 million in the hole. You cannot go out and sign anybody else. And you don't, you, you just, you just wasted another year because you don't have a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill comes in here and he is not better than Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett is not that good. You just wasted another year on a guy that you paid $5 million for, and you still don't have a quarterback, and you're in the same boat. And on top of that, what if Justin Fields goes somewhere else? You know, what if what if somebody calls Justin Fields, offers whoever for this guy? He shows up in Atlanta. He shows up in Denver, what New England, wherever. And this dude's a stud. And then you're sitting around, well, the Steelers could have had that. In five years, that's what it was. It's the Lamar Jackson conversation all over again. Well, the Steelers could have had Lamar Jackson. The Steelers could have had Justin Fields. They have an opportunity right here. Like, this is it. And and if it was an unreasonable trade, if PFF was tossing out there, uh, well, you know, first round pick, you you know, and and some, you're looking at it, you're going, 
I don't know if the Steelers would make that move. I don't know if, if Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin are comfortable or if Art Rooney's going to allow that to happen. A second round, like, what are you getting in the second round that you can't go out, you know? Because, again, that all adds up. If you go sign Mason Rudolph for $15 million, that second round draft pick better be an instant starter. It, it better be a dude who's going to start at tackle or start at corner or start at inside linebacker or start at safety or start on the defensive line or wherever, because you cannot sign that position now in free agency. You go get Justin Fields, you all you got you got money to spend, you know. And I would rather put a veteran on the offensive line or an inside linebacker or a corner that I know is proven that I could go spend twelve million dollars on than take a risk in a second round pick in the draft. And not like a Joey Porter Jr. We're talking a this is the fifty second pick in the draft. It's not gonna be a good pick. That, that's the other thing. Like we are talking about this second round pick as if it is a lock to be a starter, a stud, a, a guy that is going to be a franchise cornerstone as opposed to, and this goes back to like, apparently Justin Fields is like full of risks that these other quarterbacks aren't like full of the, it, like the idea that Justin Fields is any more of a risk than uh, literally any second round pick that you could possibly pick up or even any first yep. round pick for that one. Like none of these guys are guaranteed to pan out. So I, again, I don't know why I'll, I'll keep coming back to this. I don't understand why Justin Fields is the riskier move out of a, a guy who has had NFL success. And you can argue about how limited it is and, and why it is and, and whether or not you think he can have more in Pittsburgh, but he has had success in the NFL before. Any second round pick you pick up has not had success in the NFL before, like regardless of position. So, yep. I, I just I don't I don't think that you know sacrificing a, a second round pick, especially and these two pick like it would be. I think PFF said it was a second and then a fifth in twenty twenty five next year. Yeah, they're right. going to give up their fifth anyways. They always give up their fifth round pick. Always, <laughs> right. it's just right. what like, they do. Right, like I don't. I can live without those. Like if you really want that second round pick so desperately, then then you can figure it out, you know? Like if you think That's, that there's a guy in in the second round that you need to get, you there are ways to figure that out. But if it's if it's the difference between a second round pick if the second round pick is a difference between Justin Fields or not Justin Fields, like the Justin Fields and Ryan Tannehill, I think I know what I'm picking. No questions. No questions. I you could break it down through draft pick and say Justin Fields is better than any option you could get at 50 at 52. If Justin Fields was in this draft, you, he would go well before 52, even with three years of experience, well before 52. You could also look at it financially, and be, that's the other big argument everybody makes. Well, you're going to have to pay this guy mega bucks after a season. You got to sign him to a huge deal. Why would you give up a second round pick to go sign this guy to a massive deal? That's if he works out. And if he works out, awesome. You want to know what else you have to do if you don't get Justin Fields and you have Mason Rudolph or Ryan Tannehill or whoever, and they work out, you got to sign them to a major deal. Mason Rudolph isn't signing a four-year deal for $15 million a year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's signing a one-year deal for 10 to 15 to 20 million bucks. He's coming to Pittsburgh. He's trying to earn that starting job. And if he balls out in 2024, you are now inking this dude to 40 plus million dollars a season for the next however many years. Justin Fields, you get two years where you could stabilize your salary cap, figure all that out, and then he takes on a massive cap hit. And I get it. Maybe that massive cap hit is a little bit more than $40 million. But you have a quarterback who at the time is 26 years old instead of Mason Rudolph, who will be 30 years old when you sign him to that massive deal. Like it just there is zero part of it 
that makes any sense for you to sit here, for anybody to sit here and go, yeah, I don't think Justin Fields makes sense for that deal. I just don't. I think there's better options. There is not a single better option. There's not a financially better option, a draft pick better option, not one of them. The best option is Kenny Pickett works out, and even then, you got two years before you have to sign him to a massive deal. And he's older than Justin Fields. Right. And, and I mean, and the idea that like our worst nightmare is, oh, this works out and he plays really well and we have to end up like <laughs> yes. signing him to $18 million next year and possibly more that like, that's ideal. That's the going rate for good quarterbacks, man. Like that's what I, I don't know what to tell you. You have to pay for talent, especially at the quarterback position. So uh, it, it, like this, this worst nightmare that Justin Fields works out and he asks, and he asks you for money. Like that means he's playing well. That means the Steelers are playing well. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I'm like put it together. Do the math in your head. Like this is, and then also, I mean, like, like you said, you buy yourself two years of, like, he's cheap next year, and then even his yep. fifth year option is it's only an eighteen million dollar cap hit, closer to nineteen million. Like, if you're signing him to that fifth year extension, that means he's been really good. Like that's the yep. that's I keep like. I can't get over that, that that like you would be afraid of paying someone money, you know, like you're afraid of playing bad players money and you'll know if he's worth $19 million or not. But uh, exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing is if you're going to pay him. So say in a year from now, you're paying him $19 million. If Mason Rudolph is expected to get paid and get, get this big paycheck and he's 15 to $20 million this offseason, even if he's 10, 10 to 15, if he's getting that 15 million, you are essentially taking the same risk. Like that is, that's all you're doing is taking them. And people like people toss that out. Well, you know, you have to, you have to know about the fifth year option before this season. Okay. Like if it was Kenny Pickett, you have to make that same call. You have to, you have to do the same thing. You have to do the same thing with every single player that comes in as a first round draft pick and Justin Fields. I'm sorry, but I'm taking that risk on Justin Fields. Like I'm giving them that extra year before I like, that's the craziest part about this whole situation is if Justin Fields was a free agent, he would be ahead of Kirk Cousins. He would be ahead of Russell Wilson. He'd be ahead of Ryan Tannehill. He would be the number one option on the board right now. He would not go for the money that Kirk Cousins was going for, but he would be the top option for a team to go after in free agency. And like the Steelers, if it's a trade and a second round pick, wild. Would you let me just ask this question just to, you know, toss it out there. Any hesitation on that trade? Second and a fifth round pick? No. No, not at all. Like, I mean, realistic I mean, possibility that you see, think like, that that could happen. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there are always these kinds of trades where, I mean, especially between the Steelers and the Bears, where uh, yeah. you see a player, you see a, a star player go for nothing. And you're mm-hmm. like, I mean, I think about every time DeAndre Hopkins has been traded, like he, yes. he, he like doesn't, I expect him to get, you know, like three first or whatever. Cause that guy's ridiculous. And no, not really. He gets like, you know, a couple like late round, like day three picks or something, day two, day three picks. Like, I don't know. I don't think these stars ever end up going for what is advertised or as high as advertised. Um, I still think a second and then a 2025 fifth is an absolute steal. I don't, I, I'm not worried about, I'm not losing sleep about that at all. That's, it, it, that is stunningly low. That is a stunningly low asking price. We have dropped from a first round pick, possibly more when these rumors first started to, second and a fifth like are you are you kidding me that's in spaced out over two years like i it's unbelievable that there's this is even a question to me that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying look at i don't think the steelers are looking for a big splashy trade and i don't think that they're looking for first to give up a first round pick i don't think any of that's like really on the table right now and maybe it could be later 
You know, like if if they really sit down and they go, wow, free agency was remarkable. We've done so many great things. And then it's like, okay, we need a quarterback. Maybe it's on the table, but for right now, no. A second round pick, that is not splashy. That is not big. That is a very easy move. That is something that like Omar Khan is smart. In years past, the Steelers, this would be a no-go for the Steelers. This would be no chance. Kevin Colbert's not making that move. Mike Tomlin's not making that move. R. Rooney certainly is not making that move. Uh, Omar Khan, I think, is the type of guy that will sit in a room with these two and say, look it, look it, let's just let's just be realistic here right now. We just lost every member of the 2018 draft. Every member of the 2019 draft is pretty close to leaving, too. The 2017 draft is pretty close to being gone. Like, we, we are not that great at drafting players right now. We're not doing a good job. Let's try to get some talent and not risk a second-round pick. And I think he could convince them to say, yeah, all right, let's go get Justin Fields for a second and a fifth-round pick. Easy, easy money. And that's the thing. That's the other part of this is everybody says, oh, Justin Fields, would. there's no way Chicago would give him up for a second-round pick. I, I think it's like I, I I think it's the other way around. I don't think the Bears have any leverage whatsoever with this. I think they have yeah. leverage with the first pick in the draft. You know, you want to give up the first pick in the draft. Awesome. I think if it was the other way, like, you know, if they were looking at it, at it like, well, we have a quarterback and we have the first pick in the draft, so really we could go either way. You want to come give us your best offer. We'll we'll see what happens. When it comes to Justin Fields, like if you're shopping Justin Fields, they're just looking at it, everybody's looking at it going, well, dude, you're you're about to draft a quarter. Like, what are you gonna do with like, this guy? Yeah, yeah, you don't even want this guy. Like, why are you why are you trying to nickel and dime me for him? Like that's That's exactly it. They have no leverage. They have zero leverage. So to say, oh, well, he's definitely going I don't know. I don't know about that. I think if a team is desperate enough, they'll toss one at him. But I don't know if right. a team's gonna be that desperate. Right. And you'll also say, okay, you like you guys clearly don't like Justin Fields. You don't believe in him. I'll wait until you guys don't pick up his fifth year option next year and then I'll go sign him. Like Exactly. Exactly. Or or I'll wait until the season's about to start and he's on your roster just sitting there and I'll toss an even worse draft pick. You know what I mean? Because right. that, that's the thing is after the draft, that second rounder goes to like a fourth and you're sitting there going, well, you're gonna, you're gonna sit him on your bench all season. Like that's your option. You don't. Caleb Williams isn't gonna start for you. Are you serious, pal? You just you just took him with the first pick in the draft. To I mean, it they have zero leverage. I don't think it's I don't think it's a real possibility that he goes for a first round pick unless some like again unless Atlanta's like, dude, we need this guy. It's got to happen. We'll give up whatever. But I think they're crazy if they go and do that because I just don't look at Atlanta as a Super Bowl team right now and to go get Justin like that's a risk you know a risk that maybe they're not willing to take especially if you know they have an option go get go go sign Russell Wilson to a billion dollars I think that makes a lot more sense for a team like Atlanta than to give up a first round pick for Justin Fields for the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah go make this happen no questions asked whatsoever and I can't wait for everybody to disagree with us but I'm gonna stay true to it until it happens and then uh then we'll just sit around going we did that that was us you're very welcome you're very welcome all right. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. We are really pushing those audio downloads, so make sure to go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Find that everywhere. Check all our work out at allsteelers.com. All our pick coverage out at insidethepanthers.com. We will be back on Friday. Enjoy another Beautiful day in the burg. Peace.